Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Kingofpodcasts.com proudly presents the Wrestling Is Real Is Real podcast. Because wrestling needs us. Here we go again podcasting from the Amazon is real.com studios in South Florida, USA King of podcasts on another busy week in the world of professional wrestling. We're just going to get started. Thank you again for finding the show headlines. We're going to get started with presented by Amazon is real.com. And I'll tell you, Amazon is real.com is so good to me. Oh, so what I need to go and take care of a piece of, on my refrigerator here at home because the refrigerator is kind of going on the fritz. It's not keeping stuff cool. Had to find a piece to put in the back of the refrigerator. Fixed it. Thanks to Amazon. I need to go and sometimes find bulk of certain things. Like I said, Mentos gum, the real mint stuff, whether it's peppermint or spearmint, I buy that stuff Buy the bulk, a six pack of these, uh, the big tubes, 50 in a, in a, in a tube, right? And I get it for what? 14, 15 bucks. For six, averaging about two fifty three bucks a pop, and that is with free shipping. Same thing if I want to get the one that tastes a little more like candy, a little more fruity kind of thing. They have a cinnamon one that you can get. You know, Mentos is just good. I like Mentos gum. It's been I've been using I've been chewing on that stuff for years. Before I used to chew on Altoids. That's how you how back far ago that was. But that's what I like. And when it comes to, you know, I bought a brand new pair of polo shorts. No, just for the hangout, whatnot. Six dollars. Six do- clothing on Amazon can be so damn cheap. Six dollars. Amazon is real.com. And also don't forget, remember, you can go ahead and go find Prime. Try it for 30 days. Put down a credit card. You don't like it. Cancel. Before the 30 days up, you don't pay a thing. But you get to sample Amazon Prime for what it's worth on all the stuff that they give you when it comes to movies. TV, music, and the free shipping. It's just great stuff. AmazonIsrael.com. Thank you for shopping there this week and this month because we've seen a few items get purchased right up from AmazonIsrael.com, and that's because of listeners like you. Thank you so much. Now, we talked, I don't remember if we did bring this up last week, but there was some word that Billy Corgan is looking to go and buy TNA, of course, in total. Then the other thing we're also learning was that apparently not only Ring of Honor has wanted to make a bid, but now it's been made official that, well, it's been made, it's been made said now that 
WWE has reportedly put in a, a bid to buy TNA. Let's talk about this. This is from the New York Post. Billy Corgan trying to attempt to buy TNA Wrestling. And Corgan was interviewed for this story when he became TNA president in August. He's in the process of working something out to buy the company. He said publicly it's a complicated process and it's possible that he doesn't end up with the company. And the story notes that Corgan, Dixie Carter, RLX Marketing, and the Fight Network all have equity stakes in the company. The money put into the company this year has helped fund their TV tapings. Now, also we may mention about Sinclair Broadcasting being in the picture as a potential buyer. We didn't know that they were still involved, but the New York Post says they have made a recent bid. Not only them, the WWE has also put in a decent bid, a recent bid, excuse me. Right now, this story is trying to speculate that WWE would probably not spend more than $2.5 million. Well, they only spent $2.5 million to buy WCW. New York Post is estimating TNA's market value at $40 million. And look, we kind of figure out the idea that if TNA is going to be bought, if that were ever to happen, and that WWE would fork out the money to buy a competitor, a small, a very smaller competitor, just for their tape library, I mean, I just don't see why TNA would allow that to happen. I just don't. Now, I'll tell you what they could do. If I were Billy Corgan, maybe you take that money that WWE is trying to buy. Let the TNA tape library go. I'll tell you what. Take this as an opportunity for TNA to rebrand itself. Get out of TNA Entertainment. You've called it Impact Ventures. Let it be called Impact Wrestling and sell the damn library. I would do that. Does it really matter keeping the library? Because most of the people that you have that were in those on those tapes, they're no longer with the company. And that's really what WWE wants. They want the TNA tape library. They want it for AJ Styles. They want it for Samoa Joe, Bobby Roode, Austin Aries. They might want it for Christian. They want it for Booker T. They want it for Hogan. They want it for Ric Flair. They want it for Mick Foley. A lot of former WWE stars that you could be including into repurposing or creating new home entertainment DVDs or specials for the WWE Network. That's the value of it. And that you could use right there to reinvest into Impact Wrestling, if you will. That, I see, is the proper move. That's the best move for TNA, is to undo TNA, buy out Dixie Carter's portion of the deal. Like, that should really be it. Buy out Dixie Carter's portion, and then let the tape library go. Because the truth is, they really don't need to go ahead and take the company and shut it down. Somehow the company will, will survive anyway because something will be brought in. So therefore, with all that being said, we don't see TNA wanting to go ahead and be bought out. And, and basically, they could start back over, and they could use the money to fund itself. It just really could be that. And I listened to Kevin uh, Don Tony Kevin Castle last night, wrestling-news.com, and Anthony Missionary Thomas was on with them. And to listen to those guys talk about who from the roster could go over to WWE and just listening to them just tear the whole company down. We don't need to hear that. 
okay, to try to speculate what's going to happen to the Hardys if any of the gimmicks that they currently have right now would be in place if they were to go to WWE. That's not going to happen. Listen, let's be honest with each other. If the Hardys, who that would be a contract that if the company was going to be bought along with the tape library, they were going to take the whole thing, then listen. Let's just be speculative. We'll just do that for just for fun and games for the listeners out there that want to hear it. Okay? Therefore, okay, the Hardys would be taken, but they would be made to regress themselves back to being the Hardy boys. There's no doubt about it. Broken Matt and Brother Nero would be history. There are no Willows, nothing. Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy would have to turn back into their old selves if they were to come back to the company. And they would have to be the spot monkeys they were before and do the big matches. And you know what? I guarantee you a TLC match with, say, New Day or the Usos or American Alpha or Anderson and Gallus and all this would actually be happening. A little distracted. I have the television on in the background right now. And I see I'm recording right now a few minutes after 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And we now have reports of a sh- shots fired in the protest right now and it looks like somebody was um wounded it looks like a protester got wounded and they're reporting right now as a gunshot to the head i just again i'm looking and i'm just i'm disgusted by this and i can tell you i think there's a lot of people that are in that crowd that are just i think they're being drawn into this where they shouldn't be man they're just they're, there's some people that just know better that should not be in this protest and there are people that just feel like it's just the thing to do. And, man, so I, I'm, I, I pray that not another Dallas-type event happens like we had over the summer. I'm just saying. But anyway, back to the story. The Hardys would come back to TNA, from TNA back to WWE. And then I think EC3, I don't know if he would actually... That would be a commodity as part of the TNA deal if WWE were, in fact, to buy... TNA wrestling. Lashley's contract would still be quite valuable. I don't know if they would keep him along with his deal with Bellator. And then basically anybody else that's left on that roster, Drew Galloway would not have a job. He would never be brought back in. And there will be a lot of guys that would be making their way to NXT. I think Eli Drake would thrive at NXT. I think Rockstar Spud would thrive at NXT. DJZ would thrive at NXT. There would be an influx of really pretty good talent from the TNA roster that would influx NXT. I think that's what would happen. Because, of course, anybody from TNA, we've already seen with the originals and the real mainstays of TNA for almost a decade, what they have done with them, except for AJ Styles. AJ Styles is the only one that's broken the mold and really been significantly pushed and put on a pedestal by WWE. Otherwise... Austin Aries, Bobby Roode, Samoa Joe are in NXT doing pretty good, but they're on the outside and I don't see them making their way into WWE. Not right away. Maybe Samoa Joe. Yes. At some point, I think they're going to, it's inevitable to see him be moved up. That's going to happen. I think. And Bobby Roode, the way they position him right now in NXT, you could definitely see him being pushed up as well. As for the rest of the TNA roster, would you bring back Maria? Would you let Mike Bennett come in? I think those two would be NXT bound. 
I don't think Maria wants to go back in there and wrestle again and not be the character she was. It'd almost be a slap in the face to Maria to have to go back to WWE because of the fact that she's not the same diva that she was before. She's evolved a lot from that character. And justifiably so. She did an excellent job in Ring of Honor. She's doing a hell of a job in TNA. I, for one, think if there's a way to let TNA let go of their tape library, let go of their archives, let go of their history, and let WWE buy it for a couple of million dollars, have at it. I don't think that hurts anybody. I mean, look, if Jeff Jarrett had the money, he would have kept TNA. That's probably the only person that really would give a damn about what happens to that library. Him and Dixie Carter. But the TNA tape library would be in good hands if WWE would use it. I think they would use it properly. And let TNA be sold. But then TNA doesn't lose, well, Impact Wrestling, if you will. Let it be alone as its own venture. Let them have their pop TV deal. Let them have everything else. Let them start a new legacy. Basically, everything that was pop TV going backwards, everything that is part of the pop TV archive going back to January. Guess what? Let that go. From 2016 on, you let Impact Wrestling be what it is. Anything before 2016, let it go. Unlo- uh, unload that part of your history because you know what? That would take care of things and also the rebranding would probably be a good thing for it, the company. No longer keeping the TNA title as all, just call it impact wrestling that's what it is it's a brand that's theirs they hold on to it they keep the trademarks they keep the branding and let tna go away i think that's a great move i think it's an excellent move meantime so we're certainly learning some news right now from the wrestling goes around newsletter and dave Meltzer about the fact that there was news that broke last weekend about randy orton being pulled from backlash due to a concussion that he suffered at SummerSlam. And that uh, there was some word that WWE was attempting to keep this quiet and there was hope that he would be cleared in time by last weekend's pay-per-view. Dave Meltzer confirmed this in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter this week. Orton, likely to protect the company, has been downplaying his injuries and he hasn't done much physically since SummerSlam. He did wrestle at a house show on Monday night, but his tag team partner, uh, John Cena, did most of the work. Orton came in and hit an RKO at the end. Meltzer reported that Kane was the backup plan for some time, which is baffling because they were building up Orton on SmackDown during the weeks leading up to last weekend's pay-per-view, and they did not give any indication to the fans that Orton could be off the show. And there's been questions regarding letting Orton do anything, even an RKO if he is recovering from a concussion. And that Bill, Bret Hart actually made mention of this, that telling Meltzer absolutely, quote, He shouldn't take any falls. The impact of any bump will pose problems. The brain is usually swollen and can't be banged about. End quote. I added the a boot because it was Bret Hart. So we saw a Stu Kedge match on Raw this past Monday night as part of the Hot Shot booking that we'll be talking about a little bit later. But apparently, there's going to be a Stu Kedge match, apparently for Miz and Dolph Ziggler for the Intercontinental title at No Mercy. But according to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, those plans could change. There was a steel cage backstage at SmackDown this past week, but 
the decision was not to use it. And the newsletter saying that they were going to announce the steel cage mask stipulation, but they decided to hold off on it. So it's possible that the, somebody may change their mind within the company. Hell in a Cell takes place during the same month, next month in October. So perhaps the cage match will be scrapped because of the conflict of interest with Hell in a Cell. But right now, the IC title match is yet to be announced. And the word is that storyline will be written to be said that Maurice cannot be involved in the match. Other matches that look like will be set up for No Mercy. We do know that the world title match will feature AJ Styles defending against Dean Ambrose and John Cena in a triple threat match. Becky Lynch will defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. And Rhino and Heath Slater will defend the SmackDown Tag Team titles versus Baron Corbin and Jack Swagger. Terry Funk, who is a former NWA ECW World Champion, said to be dealing with some serious health issues. He had to leave Saturday night's House of Hardcore show in Philadelphia after he felt dizzy. He was scheduled to be in Tommy Dreamer's corner for the main event of that, ni of that night's uh, festivities. Funk has been dealing with some serious health issues and probably shouldn't have flown out to the show. He got into the ring early in the show after he was advised not to by doctors. He told fans at the 2300 or the ECW arena that this night might be his last night in the arena. He didn't want to leave the ring, but he wanted to bid farewell to the greatest fans in the world. According to fans that were at the show, his speech came off as a final retirement. He got an amazing reaction from the crowd, and the fans in attendance were all crying with Tommy Dreamer. And uh, so we want to just say that we want to give best wishes to Terry Funk. Meanwhile, he is said to be doing fine, and he is back at home. This Thursday on Impact Wrestling, we most likely will be seeing the debut of Cody Rhodes. And also, just an addendum to that, Cody Rhodes' wife, Brandy, has signed with the company. Also, more news on Alberto El Patron. Well, we don't have to call Alberto Del Rio anymore. The word is, is that he is not planning to re-sign with Lucha Underground at this time. Pryor will not go back again. Currently on the indie circuit, he's asking for $4,000 per appearance. He's not looking to sign full-time with any company. And if he signed with Lucha Underground, he would be required to wrestle exclusively for them and AAA. TNA also is in talks with wanting him, but they don't want to make a major effort to get him because of their financial situation. TNA needs money for the next TV tapings, and Billy Corgan is hoping to buy the company. Still, it's a very complicated situation with different people owning shares like we mentioned before. According to Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dixie Carter is no longer running day-to-day -day operations, but she still owns 70% of shares of the company. She wants $4 million for her stock in the company. He's also had talks with CMLL and Lucha Libre Elite in Mexico. He probably will not work for CMLL, but his, worker, or his brother works for Lucha Libre Elite, and there's a chance he might work some shows there. Also, he's being offered the chance to fight for Risen. And that's a Japanese promotion that launched last year. The idea would for him to fight on New Year's Eve. No deal has been reached yet as we report tonight. This is all storyline, but The Miz and Daniel Bryan apparently have come to terms on a new deal. <laughs> Take that for what it is. It's just not real news, but we just got to mention that. Some other headlines. John Cena will be taking more time off from WWE to film the second season of his Fox TV show, American Grit. In mid-October, probably returning to television in the spring. 
and Cena has been reducing his role as he only works selected live events, episodes of SmackDown Live, and pay-per-view events. He is advertised for all the episodes of SmackDown Live leading up to the No Mercy pay-per-view. He is scheduled to wrestle AJ Styles and Dean Ambrose for the title on October 9th, and that the last SmackDown Live he has advertised for is October 11th at the SAP Center in San Jose, California. And then he's advertised to be at Survivor Series November 20th. He's not advertised for any other shows until late December for WWE's holiday tour. And and the German TV partner of WWE, as of next year, will not be renewing their contract. Tele5 announced on Tuesday their contract ends with them in March of 2017. They will not be renewing their deal to air Monday Night Raw. And WWE apparently does get strong ratings in Germany. So we'll see if somebody else comes in to take it over. So there's a class action lawsuit in relation to unpaid royalties in relation to the WWE Network. Raven has joined Marcus Buff Bagwell in this lawsuit. The complaint was filed on September 7th. The amended lawsuit has the two claiming that they haven't received their contractually owed royalty payments from WWE and or WCW for content that was solid or licensed on the WWE Network. The two are following as a class action lawsuit on behalf of... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Others claiming the total is owed in the $5 million range. And the argument is that they should be provi- the network should be providing royalties to talent based on their contracts as the network has basically replaced DVD sales for the company. And since the new contracts say royalties include content on technology, oh, excuse me, their old contracts included royalties, including on content on technology yet to be created, the network falls under that purview, they say. That's very legalese terms. Fumble me up. Bagwell and Raven have asked for a trial. Uh, Scott, let me come on now. Let's ask for a trial by jury, and WWE has until October 8th to respond to the amended complaint. Let's talk about the ratings. Start off with Raw. This week, well, actually, I'll bring Raw and SmackDown up in just a moment. Meantime, let me tell you that Impact Wrestling reached 366,000 viewers. That's up 29,000 viewers from the previous week. That's the highest since their August 26th episode, which had 373,000 viewers. So moving along, let's go ahead and talk about Raw and SmackDown ratings and really how things have gone since the brand split. We're now about eight weeks 
since the brand split. Remember, it was July 19th, not that long ago. And people were wondering what kind of ratings and what kind of performance that WWE's had since. Well, I'm not going to go ahead and get back into the same discussion that I had last week, which I went ahead and uh, answered one of our Twitter fo- one of the Twitter followers to at King of Podcasts and explain what happened. So I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that because, um, you know, really the ratings can go ahead and make my argument. So let's look at Raw for this past Monday. Now there's Monday Night Football, which has always been the said deterrent that always takes people away from watching Raw every Monday night. Well, you had our Monday Night Football game, and then we saw what Raw was giving us, right? You had the steel cage match with Owens and Reigns at the end of the night. You started with Reigns and Owens and Stephen McMahon at the start of the night. Total 2.69 million viewers. First hour, 2.734 million viewers. That was down about 100,000 viewers from the previous week. 2.68 million viewers. That's down another 800,000 viewers. From the or actually yeah about three eight hundred thousand viewers from the previous week. Third hour two point six million viewers. It actually went up a little bit from the previous week. So there we go. And the worst part is that yeah Monday Night Football might be happening next week. If you want to see some real depleting of the ratings next week on Monday Night Raw, well you're going to see the the presidential debates happening next week. And there's expected to be about 100,000 people that will watch that debate. That's what they're anticipating. That's as big as the Super Bowl every year. With that, I mean, if Raw even pulls in, if Raw even pulls in 2 million viewers, they'll be lucky. But that's what I think is going to happen. They're definitely going to drop below overall for the night. I'm going to say 1.6 million viewers. They're going to probably lose a million people that would normally watch this show on top of everybody else. They'll probably lose that much to what they have. So I'm not sure what they should do. I guess treat that live show because you'll have a live audience there. Uh, treat it like a house show if you want. That might be the best thing you do because your regular contingency, the audience that normally watches the program, will not be there next week. I don't think so. And then SmackDown's ratings dropped 2.3 million viewers. And that dropped 400,000 viewers from the previous week. And so, Monday Night Football's been back. Or actually, well, no, football really hasn't made the difference. But like I said, right now, you dropped a 2.3. I just have to think that the excitement right now of what's going on is not helping. It's just not. So one of the things, you know, we can go ahead and go all you want again from last week and try to explain what they should be doing to help make the product better on Monday and Tuesday nights, right? That's the only problem I have. Like I said, that is the issue that I'm having right now with what's going on with what they're doing is that. And one of the things I think they're doing you know, they are trying to create a couple of bits of hotshot booking on their programming. Is going on right now with Raw and SmackDown in terms of 
they're going with alternatives to storylines. I mean, really building and crafting some very nicely layered storylines that they're so 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 things actually are happening. The thing is, we're having a lot of things going on where adding extra titles was something that was thought to be a good idea to build more interest in both brands. You know, maybe some making some change-ups right now with some of the wrestlers that people like to watch on television. Okay. Then you have what's going on now on Raw this past Monday night. The Cruiserweights. Okay. I haven't said anything about the Cruiserweight Classic, except for the fact that last night I mentioned that TJ, or last week, as I was recording, TJ Perkins won over Grand Metallic, and I said that, uh, his, that wrestler's name wrong. The former Mascara of Dorada. And T.J. Perkins came out. Well, actually was. Cruiserweight champion T.J. Perkins was not on television on Monday night. Even though he got crowned at his Cruiserweight Classic. And the thing is, is that the NXT types that have been brought on to Raw and SmackDown. The Cruiserweight matches. The NXT style. Cruiserweight style of matches. Seeing that kind of wrestling. There are certain people that appreciate it because they are fans of both WWE and NXT. But the bulk of WWE fans, they don't know anything about the network. They only see what they see of the truly recognizable talent. And the talent that they recognize right now are members of The Shield, Wyatt's, Randy Orton, John Cena, Brock Lesnar. Again, it's the people that you see on TV that are around at WrestleMania time that means something that's important. We're not seeing any of that right now. We're just not. So, there you go. We're just saying right now, it's like, okay, the matches don't work. We had a cruiserweight match on Monday night where the winner would take on T.J. Perkins, a fatal four-way. And the match that they had, okay, all the respect to Rich Swan, Graham Metalik, Cedric Alexander, and Brian Kendrick. People maybe from what six, seven, eight years ago might remember Brian Kendrick. It was funny, that's the only person that Kevin Castle knew. No knock to him, but he is your atypical WWE fan that only watches WWE and doesn't necessarily watch all the other shows. It's a great indicator. When you hear him talk about it. That's what it is. Other people that are in the podcast range, other WWE purists, they don't watch some of the other programming. They don't know that some of these guys came from Evolve, Ring of Honor, Perus and Gorilla, other organizations. It's as if those other organizations didn't even exist. And the other argument I keep hearing is, you cannot recreate WCW and the cruiserweight division of the late 1990s. You just can't. You cannot recreate Ring of Honor. And the thing is going to go ahead and resonate and become something that fans are going to latch on to. It's not WWE style. WWE, remember, they tried in the cruiserweight era 
the Attitude Era, they did try the light heavyweight division, and it failed. The truth is that this Cruiserweight Classic was an absolutely wonderful idea. And the opportunities that it gave the 32 wrestlers that got to be involved was fantastic. But the Cruiserweights, they don't need to have a place on Raw or SmackDown. They need to have a place on NXT. Because that's the crowd that's going to appreciate them most. That is the crowd that was watching this on top of the other wrestling fans. The NXT fan base appreciates Cruiserweight West Wrestling. So the Cruiserweights, much like Brock Lesnar is like a WrestleMania attraction, the Cruiserweights should be an NXT TakeOver attraction. You know, you have that Cruiserweight title and you know that that title is going to be defended well. NXT doesn't require those type of wrestlers to have a very huge storyline. The matches that they have on, on NXT with the, that talent would hold on its own. I think it doesn't need anything else. It doesn't need to be. And the thing is, all those wrestlers, you can move over to NXT, and they would fit very well with a lot of developmental talent. A lot of the TNA originals that are over there it would just fit. Because some of those people that got brought over into the Cruiserweight Classic, the truth is, some of those people should be on NXT. It's not to downplay their quality of their skills or quality, what they can do. But we already have seen NXT is being used not only as a developmental platform, they're building it as a brand. And the truth is there are people that will pay money, 20 bucks to go see a show like that. Like if I wanted to go see them at the convention center here in Palm Beach, if I wanted to see Rich Swan or Grandma Talik or Brian Kendrick or TJ Perkins on top of the NXT crew, the thing is those guys are not going to overshadow the NXT roster. They're going to blend right in. So what I think would happen here is what really should happen to me, you're never going to get Raw and SmackDown moved to where they're going to be. USA is going to take them as they are. I still think USA Network should do the right thing and say, look, that Monday night 10 p.m. hour, they should take that back. When it keeps dropping below 3 million people at a time every week, it's pretty obvious that WWE doesn't have anything that really grows that audience in the third hour. The truth is WWE should gladly offer that 10 p.m. hour on Monday nights back to USA Network. And USA Network should take that 10 p.m. slot and find one of their original scripted series and feature it there with an amazing run-in of Monday Night Raw. Find a good action-based series, something that will resonate, a couple different shows, move it over there. There's a reason why Queen of the South was where it was and did pretty well following SmackDown. You have Chris Lee knows best. You want to put it after that, after a Raw? Yeah, go right ahead. And leave it two hours for Raw, two hours for SmackDown. Let me tell you, I don't think anyone would complain if that were to happen. 
But that's what I would love to do. I would tell USA Network, take that hour back. Take back your 10 p.m. hour. We don't offer anything at 10 p.m. that really will be as engaging as what you might offer. Now, you might not get the audience that you would normally get at 10 o'clock, but what you would have is probably an hour where you can sell better advertising, more advertising for more money at a higher price for one of your scripted series, something that would be critically acclaimed than wrestling. I think that's a win-win situation. So WWE style is seen in the women's division because, I mean, the women's division, they don't necessarily put matches together that are like cruiserweights. The truth is the women's wrestling, it's not like cruiserweight. Maybe there's a couple of signs of it, but the truth is when you see Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Bailey, Paige, when you see them, those women wrestlers wrestling, it gives the feel of WWE style. Like it would be the same kind of excitement as a John Cena match or a Randy Orton match or a match with Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, on and on and on. The tag team wrestling aspect, it creates variety. So that's good. The tag team division doesn't necessarily have to be something huge, but I think having tag team wrestling on your product, whether you have a title on the line, and it doesn't matter, you know, the tag team, you know, opponents, I think you could create some great storylines with those tag team wrestlers, and you should, but they should be doing more with it. What they've done with women's wrestling on both products are very good. I have seriously really good so far with the women's wrestling on WWE on both brands. My only issue is just certain, just really on Raw is just, a, you know, in the matter of how you're pushing ahead storylines so quickly. That's my issue on that. And I'll talk about that during Raw in a few minutes. It's just my thing about that. And I really think that with women's wrestling, now, women's wrestling is more important on WWE than it ever has before. At this point, I'm not even afraid to go ahead and say this. I will absolutely say that WWE's women's wrestling today overshadows by far anything that we saw when Raw had the main event of Trish, Trish, Trish Stratus versus Lita. Way better. I think Trish Stratus, Lita, and the other women that were up on that roster, the divas that were able to turn themselves around to make wrestling a little more serious, okay, it was a featured attraction because both women could wrestle significantly, right? But it wasn't at the level that it is today. It's not a spectacle like it was in 1998, 1999, 2000. It's not. Now... When you look at Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, you want to put, you know, Sasha Banks, Bailey, you want to put those women wrestlers now into the picture, the ones that have been brought up from NXT? You see those wrestlers, and now you put them on a level as the men. They are equally superstars in their own right. Sasha Banks is totally right about that. 
We give a damn about those matches just as much as the men. So what I'd like to see is I still think sometimes the women's matches are still being put in the wrong spot on the card on all pay-per-views. The women's title matches should be later on in the night. And you know what? Hey, NXT TakeOver proved it. When you could put a match as the main event of a card, it totally does well. Totally does well. It can happen. Now, it is pretty tough to have a women's title match make it to the main event of a pay-per-view. Probably won't happen. I don't think it will happen. But you could totally see that on television. And you should totally see women's matches being put higher up on the card. They, they, have, they have earned that spot. The matches are not shitting anymore. I don't think they are. I enjoy them. I actually enjoy the women's matches on WWE more on Raw and SmackDown than I do some of the men's matches. Let's be honest here. You know, I mean, look, not only are the women beautiful to look at, they're skilled. They're well-trained. They can wrestle. Now, that still, there's a few that don't know what they're doing. All right? But the whole idea is that you have good talent. Good, trained talent. Now you have on that women's roster, on both brands. And a good farm system in NXT. They have totally turned the table on what women's wrestling is all about. And dare I say, when we talked about five, six, seven, eight years ago when the knockouts division first premiered in TNA, well, the women's division in WWE is better. And it's better than anybody else out there. It's probably better than Shimmer or WXW. Better than Women of Honor. It's just this. I mean, TNA is getting... They, they don't have the, the, the talent roster, no. But they just do have things where it is getting better. And I'm enjoying it. It's just really good. But anyway, that's what I'm saying about that. An interesting tweet I had to go and point out. Now, I don't bring this show up that much, but it is one of the podcasts I like to go ahead and catch when I have time. It's not a bad one, but I will shout it out. I always talk about Wrestling Soup and Don Tony Coming Castle. And those are shows that some of you found this show from. Well, with Wrestling Soup, you know, is because I used to, you know, I did pay for advertising on there. And Missionary was nice enough about it. And I talk a little bit to him here and there on face, on social media, on Facebook. And he's been real cool with everything. Great guy. Have no problem promoting those shows. So yeah, WrestlingSoup.com, Wrestling-News.com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The show I'm going to tell you about is Shake Them Ropes. The, the guys from Voices of Wrestling, Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. They're pretty good. They're a good show. I listen to them. I, I like their opinions. And they do have a little bit of a good back and forth where, you know, uh, McCarron's ho- co-host, uh, Jeff Hawkins, does have a different point of view. I don't always agree with him, but I think there's a lot of times he does come up with some pretty good points. So this is interesting where he writes this up. And his uh, Twitter is crapgame13 on Twitter. So he wrote this, and this was an interesting point that some other people pointed out. And this is where I saw this. Right now, Raw is a show about a wrestling show. SmackDown is a wrestling show. That's why one comes off stronger. I mean, it doesn't show in the ratings that way. I mean, yet SmackDown still significantly is getting better. And that's what's going to happen because of the live element of the show. But let's be honest here. Yeah, as a wrestling show, SmackDown's got better wrestling on it. I think the camera shots, the way it's presented, is better. I think people will take a lot of credibility and a lot of... They take a lot of credence having Daniel Bryan being a part as... A figurehead on that show. So, with Daniel Bryan being out here, you know, he's trying to manage that this talent needs to really step up with their game. And the way that him and Shane have kind of presented it is like they really are trying to be the underdog trying to show up raw. So, you know, they're always trying to play that. That's what's going on. But also, we know that it's because of the fact that the talent they have on that roster is very good. And they have a hell of a guy presenting that product right now. That really makes that show exciting to watch. And that's Marwanalo. Let's just be honest with each other. Like, there are just certain things where, with Raw, Corey Graves does a hell of a job analyzing, but we are tired of Michael Cole on commentary. And having him be the one that introduces us to all this new talent that comes up, say, like the cruiserweights, that's not something for Michael Cole. This is, when you see the cruiserweights out there, if you're trying to watch on television, this is where you wish Mauro Ronaldo was out there because he covered the Cruiserweight Classic. And it's just, it gets to a point where I wish there was something happening where Michael Cole would step into a higher, would be, would be promoted to an off-camera role, something much more managerial, something higher end than the company. I wish that would happen for him. Because I'm, you know, 20 years on the on the uh, on the microphone doing this product, uh, maybe uh, he probably still enjoys it. But I think they have freshened up the product. It does feel a little more. SmackDown does feel a lot more fresh looking. It says that there are certain things that are being allowed a little more, a little more freedom is being put onto the way that show is presented. So it has a little bit of different look, which is fine. I don't know. It just it does. It just does feel like it's different. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I do not have an issue with when it comes to Raw and SmackDown, the presentation, the in-ring action. Yeah, I don't have any issues with that at all. 
what I do feel weird about is the fact that some of the talent that we have, I wish there was something more that was being done for them. When I look at Kurt Hawkins about to be premiering soon, and the way they can do the cold hard facts, it doesn't do anything for me. It really does not help him at all. I think take a page from the TNA playbook. Take a page from Lucha Underground. Don't take a page from TNA playbook. Don't necessarily do that. The Lucha Underground playbook, absolutely. Because those guys are doing it right when it comes to developing, procuring, and creating stories with their talent so that people will care. I've said that time and time again. TNA has stumbled onto something, has stumbled onto a little gold mine with the Hardy stuff, and is starting to resonate with the rest of their product. But when it comes to WWE, they need to find that themselves. So if you're refreshing and you're changing things up right now of your product, then what needs to happen is, okay, you don't want to do the sports-style interviews like you do for Brock Lesnar. That's fine. But there are certain things that are so cliche. You know, the steel cage match just all of a sudden being put out there. The contract signings are so are cliche. Nothing feels interesting at all about it. Going to the back of Stephanie's office. All these like cliche things they've been doing forever. They need a spin. And then they need a thing where we find things that don't necessarily have to be in the ring. But some more pre-production is in order. And some good pre-production. How about doing some stuff in film? It's not that hard to do. You know an old trick I was told about when you're doing shooting with a video camera? And I'm talking about the days when you used to shoot like with a regular, you know, VHS deck camera, a camcorder, right? One of the big camcorders that were heavy on your shoulders. Or even one of those, um, not DVR, but I remember there was a couple of different cameras we saw. Well, my thing is this. When you used to have the old camcorders, you could do a thing where you could take a pair of pantyhose, take a portion of it, Stretch it out as much as you could and then put a on the lens, over the lens, and then put a rubber band on it. It would create the look of that fuzziness like a film. I mean, as simple as that. And then it's not even that, but that was something that people did to try to make their films look better. Well, you know, there's other things that WWE's production bay or the production base they have in Stanford, Connecticut, they, they could be doing much more with. Okay? They could be playing up much more with it. Not so much effects of, you know, creating transitions and the music and this and that and creating quick strike kind of transitions and elements, sweeps, dissolves, all this bullshit. No, 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 no. What I'm talking about is creating a different look to it. And doing a little storyboard kind of thing where we do have some back and forth, back and forth. You put a little script together, you produce it. These people are talking back and forth. Multi-camera shot. Oh my God. How about two cameras together or taking one camera and doing different shots, different, different shots, different angles, making it look different and then writing something 
that people can give a shit about. How about doing that? Can we do that too? So those are the things I wish that would be done more. But I, I mean, I will continue to talk about this and hamper about it. I just can't keep going about it. But my point is the Cruiserweight NXT style matches, they don't work on Raw or SmackDown, not in my eyes. That is meant for NXT. It just is. So let's go through some of the other shows real quick while we get things started because we're not that far away from Bound for Glory. We have Ring of Honor's All-Star Extravaganza coming up. And with WWE, we have Clash of Champions coming on this weekend. We're going to go ahead and preview that very shortly. And we'll do a little talking about SmackDown as well when it leads up to No Mercy. So stay tuned for all that. We're going to go into the other shows real quick. No Lucha Underground talk this week. We're gonna. I still need to go and catch up on the first two episodes. So we will do that soon, and I'll catch up with you on that. Actually, three episodes because uh, episode three would be playing tonight. All right. So Impact Wrestling. A brother Nero being baptized back to health. And, uh, <laughs> so good. The Seven Deities Resurrect Vanguard One. So it's and then uh, seeing Senior Benjamin being rescued, and it's funny where Vanguard One was he was pissed off when they were showing him uh, being beat by Senior Benjamin at chess. I think it was hilarious. I love the Moose and Lashley build right now. The feud is now set, and they're going to be set to go bound for glory, and that's just getting better and better. It will come soon, but Moose and Mike Bennett right now to set that up. And just to see Moose and Lashley right now going after each other, people are going to want to see that match pretty soon. And we can see that match without with, with Lashley not having the belt. So either which way, Moose and Lashley are destined to take on each other. That I think is going to happen. And But we don't know if EC3 will come out as champion at Bound for Glory or not, but... The story with Gil, Kim, Maria, and Allie is great. So Allie now continuing to be badgered. She's still on the side of the bad girls with Maria. And now she did a thing where Gil, Kim had to win all these different matches over the last, what, five weeks or so in order for her to have a chance to take on Maria for the women's knockout title. For the knockout title. And Allie helped out Gil, Kim this week. And it was so funny seeing Allie playing down and pouting when Maria's looking at her and then looking back at Gail Kim and smiling at her and, you know, just kind of uh, gesturing to her. I think that's just so cool. And interesting, Chelsea Green, don't know if you remember that name, but you saw a knockout named Laurel Van Ness who came out as a heel, also coming out in blonde hair, right? Guys, remember that Chelsea Green was part of Lance Green's, uh, Lance Storm. Lance Storm's training academy, and that was the girl <laughs> that Daniel Bryan supposedly cheated on Bree with when the Bellas had their sibling rivalry. Remember that? So long ago. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny. Good to see her coming aboard. Welcome, Chelsea. TNA Battle for Glory is coming up from Orlando, Florida, October the 2nd. And let me just double check and make sure there are no other matches that I don't know about that have not been added yet. One thing we're learning about is there's going to expect to be a gimmick match being scheduled for Bound for Glory. And the Bound for Gold match will be returning, we have learned. So last year, Tyrus defeated Eli Drake, Jesse Goddard, Mr. Anderson, Mahabali Shira, Robbie E., Tommy Dreamer, Al Snow, 
Abyss, Aiden O'Shea, D'Angelo De Niro, and Chris Melendez to earn a future title shot. You know, did Tyrus ever have that future title shot? I don't know. I can't remember. I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, the matches we do have so far are a no-holds-barred match for the TNA World Heavyweight title, Ethan Carter III versus Bobby Lashley. For the TNA Tag Team titles, Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero take on Abyss and Crazy Steve, the team of Decay. TNA Knockouts title match, Gail Kim versus Maria Canellis bennett Participants have yet to be announced for the Bound for Gold match. And then the finals for the first ever crowned TNA Impact Grand Champion. That will be Drew Galloway versus Aaron Rex in the finals. And Moose versus Mike Bennett. So that's what we have. One, two, three, four, five, six matches announced. This is turning out to be a hell of a pay-per-view. That's a really good card right now. Right now, it's an extremely good card. Well-built storylines. Well-built feuds. It's as good as I can remember. It's really good. So I can't wait. Like I'm telling you, it's the most anticipated wrestling show besides Ultimate Lucha. Right now, for me, the most anticipated wrestling event that I can think of this year. It's my favorite. It really is. It's the one that I believe. Right now, I feel good about it. So take that right there as it is. It looks really, really good. And remember, we will be doing a post-show for that week. And remember, we'll be doing that for the next few weeks. So we will have a post-show for Class of Champions this Sunday night. Then we'll do one to cover, most likely, uh, we'll see if Rig of Honor's All-Star Extravaganza. If I catch it on Friday night or if I catch it during the weekend. Or I'll either do it on the weekend that we cover Bound for Glory. Or I'll wait until the Wednesday show to do it then. The Wednesday after. So yeah, we'll have Clash of Champions this coming Sunday. A post show for Bound for Glory the following Sunday. And then after that, we'll have No Mercy the following Sunday. Three straight Sunday nights. Three straight weeks, you're going to have two episodes of the Wrestling Israel podcast. So enjoy that. Uh, we all know that a... Rigamonter All-Star Extravaganza comes up September 30th. Again, remember, Adam Cole defends the Ring of Honor World title against Michael Elgin, Bobby Fish. Takes on Donovan Dijak for the Ring of Honor World TV Championship, Bobby Fish's champion. Briscoe's and Toriano versus ACH, Leo Rush, and Jay White. And a first-round match for their first-ever six-man tag team titles. Addiction versus the Motor City Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks. Ladder War 6 for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Jay Lethal takes on Tetsuya Naito. I haven't read anything else about other matches coming up. We'll leave it there. So quickly go through Raw and SmackDown this week. Bailey being added to the match. Title match with Charlotte and Sasha. Bailey is at risk of being pushed down our throats like John Cena. It's I'm, I can't believe it, but it could possibly happen. And I really don't like seeing this happening like this. But I'm afraid that's where we're going with this right now. And it's a damn shame. I just don't see Bailey getting that kind of that kind of adulation that she gets on NXT. And 
you know, with NXT, I could understand where they felt like there was nothing left for her to do. Okay. So it was time for her to be moved up. But you could have kept her down there and let the Charlotte-Sasha feud build for a while. Like, it should be going on for a long time. How is it a Charlotte and a Sasha with the feud that they had and NXT? How? Why is it you can't let these feuds kind of let them go? I don't understand why you don't let these these matches go. I mean, it, it shouldn't be going on like this. Charlotte, Sasha has only been up on the main roster for so long. And, man, it's like you're just rushing through feuds. Rushing through feuds. And so getting Charlotte and, and just... It's as if they were the company was pressured to go and put the match together. And then we only get, what, one or two matches with Charlotte and Sasha where the belt is traded between them, each once at one apiece. And then you add Bailey to the match already. And doing a triple threat. Now, it's going to be a good match. But Bailey, I'm afraid, is going to be pushed like Roman Reigns. And that's going to turn people against her. Not the NXT faithful, but that casual audience, I wouldn't be surprised if they were ready to go ahead and start saying, guess what, if Bailey wins that title and the way they push her, if it's starting to get look like a little too much Roman Reigns, a little bit too much John Cena-like, crowd's going to turn on this poor girl. I don't want that for her. Not for everything that she's done. She should naturally get over. But you, you build this, you, you build her up. Okay, you got her here. You have explained why she's where she is. But do we need to insert her into the into the title match already? She's going to win that belt down the line. That I totally would see in storyline. She deserves to get the chance at that. Not yet. So if they're going to put her in the match, she shouldn't be winning. Let her have a good outing out there so that she shows... I mean, if, it, if they're doing this just to show that she is meant to be in the, the conversation as being the top woman in the Raw Women's Division and a contender for that title, okay, all right, I'll buy that. But we don't need to crown her yet champion. That's got to be a special moment. Just like when Bailey won over Sasha and Brooklyn the first time. That was a special moment. We cried. Hell, I even shed a tear when I saw that. It was so beautiful. Because it was really, it was heart, it was heart touching. It was really great. And so, that's probably what they're going to do. They'll do something where, I don't know, Sasha decides to be turned back to a heel again. Or there's something where Sasha and Bailey are going to take on each other again and create the magic like they did before, twice. But, that's what they might do. The hotshot booking I don't get either. So we get Seth Rollins and Rusev, and they fight for a long time to a double countout. The match doesn't mean anything. That's the other thing. When they have so many matches on Raw with some of the top stars, and there are no implications, no stipulations, nothing that leads to anything with these matches. They're just being put together. Just saying that. So Braun Strowman... They keep putting him in these certain matches. They put him in with Sin Cara. My thing is, he needs to be promoted into a feud already. They already did it for Nia Jax, kind of with Alicia Fox. Like, I know that's just kind of like just a, whatever, like a little quick snuff feud for Nia Jax and Alicia Fox at least get some airtime. She's looking great, by the way. 
looking great. But there's no stories behind either of these two characters. I'm just saying for Nia Jax, there's just not much more being said. And the same thing with Braun Strowman. It's just like there's got to be more to these characters so that you're just not out here squashing people and just tearing people apart. They have to be something more. Okay. You did more with Kane. Hell, you did more with Snitsky. Come on. I was talking, this, I actually went and watched Raw, and I slept kind of through Raw when I was watching with uh, with Chuck. I, I actually met him uh, over at the Village of the Golden Links this weekend. He got really pissed when I brought up talking about Trump and Clinton, <laughs> the election stuff. He, he, he detests Donald Trump. He's a racist. He's Hitler. He's, you know, whatever. Okay, that's fine. I just noticed that Cesaro, why do they do the whole James Bond thing with him? Well, the truth is, when you look at Cesaro... He's not James Bond. I think you could find a much more current reference. As in Jason Statham, the transporter. Everybody knows who Jason Statham is. Expendables. You know who Jason Statham is. That guy, uh, Cesaro, if you're going to put him in the nice suit, he should be like the transporter. And I brought up this idea with the Chuck. He actually liked it. The idea of, yeah, play him up as a transporter. You know, it doesn't say that much has his rules for doing things, right? You know, the transporter has a certain rules that he certain does certain things. He has to do things at a certain time. He kicks ass in the suit. Something like that. And Cesaro, as the transporter type character, I could totally buy into them like that. You know, have him with a car kind of thing, whatever. Like, okay, you want to bring a car back out with, uh, with Alberto the Rio? You put him in a nice flashy like Audi or something like that, right? Go, run, go lease an Audi or something like that. Bring it to the, bring it over there, and let Cesaro come out transporter style. I totally buy into that. And you could build stories around that, and build the rules about him, and all this kind of stuff. That would work for me. And as we knew, the best of seven series was going to go the course, so it did. Okay. So the cruiserweights come out, and we don't even get any T.G. Perkins. Great. And people are watching the cruiserweight fatal four-way match for the number one contendership, and they're saying. Oh, yeah, Brian Kendrick. Why isn't uh, Ezekiel Jackson out there with him? That's all they're going to remember. No one of the crowd recognizes them. Be treated like a superstar match. The crowd, like I said, WWE style. It's not. It's good wrestling. But it's not the type of wrestling that WWE is used to. It's like, it truly is like, you know, somebody wanting pizza and you're giving them a giro. A gyro. Like, it's just foreign to them. They don't know how to how to take it. They don't know how to act when they watch it. They have no clue what it is. They think it's Mexican wrestling for all they know. They just don't know any better. And then we give away a steel cage match. And then we give away a match with Owens and Roman Reigns. Hot shot booking. And it, got a, it just didn't give anything, any kind of bump to the ratings at all. But that also tells you you just can't put these matches together and just think, well, Reigns is going to go out there and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And 30 seconds later, Stephanie comes out. Roman, you're taking too much time. We need to start the show. I'm going to do my 20-minute promo. Okay. That crap's got to stop. we got to do better things to start the show. No more in-ring, long-winded promos. It's not working anymore. Let's get rid of those. I think 
I think people are, getting, are, are more than, than fed up with watching the supposed 20-minute promos that mean nothing. When they happen, they should happen. You know when the next time we should see a 20-minute promo? Is when Triple H finally comes back and explains why the hell did he help Kevin Owens out. Until then, no more 10 or 20-minute promos, please. Please. So Clash of Champions is coming out this weekend from the Baker's Life Fieldhouse, Indianapolis, Indiana. Let me just quickly just go through the card, and I'll do some predictions right now. Let's go and do this as we speak. And there are some rumors that are being talked about that, first of all, people are saying that there's a chance that Kevin, loses, Kevin Owens is going to lose the Universal title, and that Roman Reigns will walk out of Indianapolis, the United States champion. But, of course, this is all speculation. And then the other plant chances, there's people that are trying to say that Anderson and Gallus will take down the New Day and win the tag team titles. So people are trying to say that there's going to be a lot of title changes coming up at this next pay-per-view. Well, anyway, let's talk about it itself. Not Clash of the Champions. Don't add the the. Clash of Champions. Eight matches are on the card. Here's what we have so far. Alicia Fox versus Nia Jax. It's the pre-show match. Nia Jax wins. Let's start from the bottom up I have here. For the WWE Cruiserweight Championship, T.J. Perkins versus Brian Kendrick. I say T.J. Perkins. Why would you take it off of T.J. Perkins so far? Cesaro versus Sheamus in their best of seven match. It's the final match of the series. The, the, the series is tied 3-3. I say Cesaro wins. Rusev defends the WWE United States Championship versus Roman Reigns. I say Roman Reigns wins. Sami Zayn versus Chris Jericho. I say Jericho wins. Zayn's one of those lovable losers. I think they treat Sami Zayn on Raw like Dolph Ziggler's treated on SmackDown. Take that quote. Triple threat match for the WWE Women's Championship, the Raw Women's Championship. Charlotte defending against Sa Sasha Banks and Bayley. Charlotte wins. She retains. That's what I feel. For the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship, the New Day, and it could either be Big E, Kofi Kingston, or Xavier Woods. We don't know which grouping is going to go there and wrestle. Taking on Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. Gallows and Anderson, I think, will take the titles. They'll win new champions there. Kevin Owens defends the Universal Championship versus Seth Rollins. Owens wins. Those are predictions. Enjoy that. And we'll again remember there's a post show we'll be doing about that coming up this Sunday here on the Wrestling Control Podcast here at kingofpodcasts.com. Move along, SmackDown. Another contract signing for the SmackDown women's title. So the only thing to remember is just that, you know, Becky Lynch looks embarrassed by Alexa Bliss, who doesn't come out looking like Harley Quinn. To make her look like Harley Quinn and say that's a storyline, and to have Naomi come out in neon and that's a story, like, it's just a look. But there's nothing to the character. I wish there was something more. More than just what they have to say about their opponent. 
more about them, more about who they are, more about what resonates with the crowd to make them hate them more, to make the crowd love them more. And as for American Alpha Nusos, they gave away that match on TV this week. They need their own feud and without the tag team titles in play. So I think what will happen is the Usos will try to go for the tag team titles at no mercy, and they'll lose. And then you put Usos and American Alpha in their own right and move them on to that. Dean Ambrose wins clean to John Cena was surprising to me. But yeah, we're going to have that triple threat match. Ambrose and Cena are not going to take on each other one-on-one. I don't know. I'm not sure. But they decided to do it. Okay, that's fine. Mentioned Dolph Ziggler, the lovable loser. Miz stays IC champion, and that's fine. My Miz should stay champion. But to just give us another match, and now they're not even going to put it in a steel cage like they had first thought, if they do, I don't see why Miz loses. I think they just need to build somebody else for Miz to take on. I don't know who it is, but they should have somebody else there. And then Wyatt versus Orton, which could be, which could mean so much more. Both of these guys are highly touted, right? They're mean, they mean, they're supposed to mean a lot. And then we're looking. And then the thing is, the promo that Wyatt cuts on Orton, he just says, He's just a man that could die at any minute, and Wyatt is a god, and gods never die. Run, Randy Orton, run. What a what a filler what a filler feud. There's nothing behind this feud. Man, Bree Wyatt and all the things you could be doing with him. And Randy Orton is like nowhere to be found. Well, the concussion's probably one thing that's an issue. But the thing is, like, this feud means nothing. The match doesn't feel like anything at all. It's just, it's bad. So, yeah, WWE's No Mercy pay-per-view is coming up. Uh, that's October the 10th. By the way, first time since 2008, just so you remember. And so far, we have three matches announced. AJ Styles defends for the triple threat match for the world title against Dean Ambrose and John Cena. Becky Lynch defends the SmackDown Women's title against Alexa Bliss. Rhino Heath Slater take on the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Rhino Heath Slater, your champions. There you go. So that's coming up October the 10th. October 9, excuse me. From the Golden One Center, Sacramento, California. That's going to do for us. So I'm going to get back to watching the coverage from Charlotte. But I don't want to close this broadcast yet without making some comments about what's going on tonight as I record this show. So early on, I recorded some comments as the riots in Charlotte were going on. And as I'm looking right now, it's almost midnight. Coming up on midnight, the National Guard is about to be deployed to Charlotte. And seeing everything that's been going on from seeing flashbangs and tear gas being thrown at the rioters stores, hotels, the uptown area of Charlotte, a very nice area, by the way, Marriott's, Omni's, you have protesters all over the place. Now, I just saw a little while ago, ATCs, ATVs, cars, just running around all over the place since the crowd's being dispersed and being moved around. So 
I recorded some comments earlier tonight, and I was gonna. I actually recorded as right, right as I was gonna do the headlines, but I decided if you guys want to turn off the show at this point and you don't want to hear my comments, it will be better if you do it at the end of the night. I totally understand. I I can, um, I respect that. But I didn't want to leave this broadcast without talking about what happened in Tulsa and Charlotte. More importantly, what's happening in Charlotte right now, which is it's pure chaos over there. And before I get into the points I recorded earlier, I just want to say it's disgraceful. And I just want to say I'm embarrassed, embarrassed to see what happened and why the people, some of the people I think are good intention people, but also just seeing some of the people that are following like sheep, what's going on. And just being disappointed. Really disappointed. So anyway, I'm going to leave it like that. And I'll play my comments. And then I'll come back and close things up. Look, I'm not talking about the election. I'm talking about the issues going on this past weekend and during this week in Charlotte, North Carolina and Tulsa, Oklahoma. And more importantly, Charlotte, North Carolina. As I'm watching tonight, I'm watching on Periscope, I'm watching through some of the local channels in Charlotte, talking to listeners on Twitter about it, and uh, damn, I don't understand what was it that honestly, I blame the media for all this attention that's being brought up, because all the bullshit that's going on right now with the apparent crime and the apparent murders of said victims, okay? You know, I'm not here to justify, I'm not here to go ahead and put blame anywhere. But you know what, as far as I'm concerned, there's something to be said about how certain people, if there are certain black people that are being pulled over by a cop, do what the cop says. I still do not understand why the United States and some segments of the black population. I'm sorry, there are great people. Great black people. Great, I'm not saying African American. Come on. I'm Hispanic. I'm a minority, okay? I can say it. Listen. There are good and bad people everywhere. And the truth is, there are just people that are protesting in the streets that are ignorant. And they're not just black. They're white. They're Asian. They're millennials in some cases. And they're Spanish. And they're just there's ignorant people out in the street right now in Charlotte, North Carolina, as I record this show. Ignorance. Because some people just think it's just a thing to do just to go ahead and stir some shit. And what are they doing out there? How many of them are honestly, you know, taking care of themselves in the middle of the, you know, uptown part of Charlotte, North Carolina right now, in a very nice area near the, you know, Bank of America Stadium and near the the Charlotte Stadium there, the Coliseum. All that right there, okay? Car, cop cars getting vandalized, tractor trailers being put on fire. And blocking off I Interstate 85. Like, what the fuck is this really accomplishing? Not a damn thing. 
Okay? Do we understand all is being done right now is creating more resistance. And basically the clock is being turned back now because of the media and the people that are being allowed to have a voice in the media talking about systemic racism. Listen, fuck that shit, okay? Fuck it. It's bullshit. If you're a good person, you take care of yourself, you present yourself, and you're trying to do something with yourself, nobody fucks with you. Nobody does. So to think that people get on and assume that everybody's out to get you, everybody's putting you down, oppression, I don't believe it. And I know for myself, I've never felt that in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm Cuban, okay? And I don't, I don't own one of any time where I've been held back for any reason. I don't know. And I don't also, I cannot subscribe to the people that are Alma or the Essence of War type people or, or just the stuff where you have to be clumped into your race. Bullshit. There's ethnicity, but I don't give a shit about race. Never cared about color. Tell you what, never stop me from fucking any girls, no matter what the color. All right? I found beautiful women in every different way. And I have friends, no matter. It doesn't matter. Good or bad, that's what it is. If you're a good person, you have a good heart, then you're not going to get messed up. But when you associate with bad people, and you're intentionally, and you're, for all intent purposes, you're good, and you associate yourself with trash, thugs, bullshit, that doesn't do any good. For, uh, what do I always talk about on this show? Think for yourselves. Quit being fucking sheep out here, throwing all these people to go ahead and get in trouble. Careful of the friends you, cho you choose. Choose wisely. Follow your own path. But man, this shit I keep seeing on TV, I, and I hope nobody in this audience is even subscribing to that kind of feel, but okay? I just see nothing but ignorance, stubbornness, and just a reason to fuck shit up. That's all it is. And I'm done with this platform. I had to say something tonight. I'm just like, I'm watching TV, and I hear people on television, and they just get tired of this shit, man. Tired of it. God, man, that just bothers me, man. Bothers me. So for those of you that stuck around to listen to my comments, thank you for that. And I hope you understand where I was coming from. I only mean well by what I'm trying to say. I want things to get better in general. And I just don't see that right now. And this really, it really sucks to no end. And I wish... People quit getting the idea in their head of that, that people are being oppressed, that cops are out to get them, and that they're being held down. I just can't, I can't fathom that. And I think people can rise above this. They got to be able to rise above hate, rise above oppression, rise above all this. And please, like I always say every week, think for yourselves, guys. Don't be followed along by other people. Don't be sheep. Don't do what everybody else does just because it's the end thing to do. 
Think of the consequences of what you do and who you are. Make yourself above what other people think. You know, rise above, strive to be better than what people think you're supposed to be. Please think for yourselves. So God bless. Thank you all for listening. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you on Sunday. The Wrestling Is Real Podcast is a presentation of kingofpodcasts.com. Follow the King of Podcasts on Twitter at King of Podcasts or at Facebook.com slash King of Podcasts. The Wrestling Is Real Podcast is available for download Thursdays and after every Sunday night pay-per-view at kingofpodcasts.com, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. Feedback to the show is always welcome. Go to kingofpodcasts.com and click on Call Us Out or email us kingofpodcasts at yahoo.com.